fucking live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. It's just embarrassing. I don't know why the high voice ever. What's out. happened? Like the last couple of weeks, you've been like randomly critiquing your own voice during yeah. our rejoins. It's just it's embarrassing. I, mean, I don't know what happened. This is the press box. He's just doing his own self critique. He's just listening to these rejoins, oh, disgusted in his own voice. Apparently, yeah. the only thing I'm not disgusted is whacking that thing around because it is me. With Grady and Bischoff. He literally, it's the exact same. It's, it's, it's the exact mimicking. same. Ed was a was an actor at one point. He can mimic voices. <laughs> Child actor. On ESPN Las Vegas. Whacking that thing around. Good dogs. Oh, exactly. The Bulldogs, you know, on the... <laughs> he dropped his voice an octave. Yes, exactly. On the rundown this morning, I... He's going to talk like this. Specifically for you, I put a picture of a Bulldog. Don't you have Bulldogs? You have French Bulldog, yeah. Okay, all right. Almost okay. the same. Almost the same. Yeah. They're still both unhealthy. That's okay. Yeah, they're not... They, they be, tend to become unhealthy, don't they? Yes, they do. Uh, not exactly bred in the uh, best <laughs> way for health. Yeah, humans kind of sort of entered the frame and went... How do we make these things where they can't breathe through their own nose? Great dogs, though. Cute awesome dogs. dogs. Love those dogs. Cute dogs. Yeah. A lot of slobber. Bulldogs. Yes. A lot of drool. They're not, champions. Yeah. Not ideal. Actually, mine doesn't drool that much. You have two. No, no. Well, we have a French bulldog and a Shih Tzu. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Two French bulldogs. Oh, boy. No. Oh, that'd be it. They're expensive, though. That's the problem. Because they need a lot of work. No, no, no. To just buy one. Like oh. if you bought a French bulldog from a breeder, they're really expensive dogs. We adopted ours, which was right. You have to adopt one. They yeah. that usually doesn't happen. No, it does not at all. It's literally the only French bulldog I've ever seen up for adoption. And I've told you, we staked out the little PetSmart at like <laughs> five a.m. waiting, so we'd be the did first you know, ones. Did to you go know? Did you know the dog it. was there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my girlfriend saw it on. It was a home for Spot right, on right. their website or Facebook page, and they were like, "We're going to be at this PetSmart." This Saturday at like 7 a.m. We were there at 5 a.m. Ready to go. As soon as they pulled up, we were walking up saying, where's the French Bulldog? Really? Yes. Anyone else there? There was one other couple that was like in the parking lot with us. They did not go for the French Bulldog. They went straight to a dog. So oh, we, were ready to, we were ready to fight them. I would we beat have loved them. a battle yes. over that. We beat them to the to the dogs, but they went to for another dog. I would have loved a battle yeah. over that. They sent us home, too. Like we got to say hello to them or whenever. They sent us home. And Without they, him? Yeah. They were like, well, we'll see who else wants him the rest of the day. And then Are they, you serious? Yeah. And then they called us and they were like, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had to bring our dog. We had to bring our Shih Tzu by to make sure they got along. Okay. And they just ignored each other. And then we got our French Bulldog. Wow. All right. Great well, story. Great story. Go dogs. Go dogs. The first bite. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was tempted to just let that sit for another five <laughs> seconds of silence. The first bite today is brought to you by the marshmallows that have been in the break room since last week. Is the Raiders' job done? I don't think it is. I think they're going to the snow banks of uh, Paul Brown Stadium, and you know what the cliche says. You don't win in the snow, you better oh. play defense and run the ball. Is that so a cliche? I think that's I feel like what you the just cliche. made that up. Yeah, that, <laughs> no, feel, that, feels a little, that feels a little wordy. <laughs> For a cliche? Yeah. They're supposed to, like, rhyme or be short. Like, <laughs> It's just... not about the X's and O's. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. One game at a time. Here's the thing. As much as Derek Carr wants to say yesterday, the job is done, or is not done, as much as people are going to tell you this week the job is not done, the Raiders' job is done. 
this season, it, the job is done. It, there is nothing that can happen in the game against Cincinnati that will change that this season was a successful season. They made the playoffs. That has been the only goal of this organization since they hired John Gruden, who, yes, is not here anymore. But that's it. What did Mike Mayock say at the beginning of the year? It's a playoff team. It's a playoff team. Playoff team. He didn't say this is a Super Bowl team. He didn't say anything about winning a playoff game. He said, this is a playoff team. What better car never done in his life? Well, he's never started a playoff He'll game. play in a playoff right. game. The play in a playoff. Never mind start. He's never played in a playoff game. Assuming he's healthy, ready to go this weekend, Derek Carr's finally going to do that. There is not a single thing that can happen in that game against Cincinnati that will make this any less successful. This se- the, the Raiders have accomplished their goal. They, they've done it. They, they've The job is done. That is it. Nobody thinks this team is winning the Super Bowl. Nobody thought that at any at no point during this season or the offseason did anybody think the Raiders were going to win the Super Bowl. Not even David Carr. I don't even think he predicted them to win the Super Bowl this year. Nobody predicted his brother would be the MVP. Yes, but did not predict them to win the Super Bowl. Not even David Carr said this is a Super Bowl team. The, their job is done. They've done it. They've gotten to where they've been desperately trying to get for basically two decades now. They've done it. The job is ap- it is absolutely done. And let me ask you this. If they lose to the Bengals, are you going to call the season a failure? No. I'll call it a failure for all the reasons you just said. If they Nothing. lose to the Bengals, are we saying anything bad about Derek Carr in this season? No, he did what he's supposed right. to do. If they lose to the Bengals. Are we saying anything bad about Mike Mayock and his roster? Well, hold on here. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. I, on the basis, he said it was a playoff team. They made the playoffs. Right. No. But of all those questions, you could probably find some nuggets in there. Sure. About the roster. Listen, I can come on here and tell you Derek Carr threw for like seven touchdown passes right. over the course of the entire year. Or that, you know, Mike Mayock drafted a bunch of guys who don't know they shouldn't drink and drive. But like the overall goal of this organization was to make the playoffs this year. They did that. And no matter what happens against Cincinnati, their job is done. They have accomplished the number one goal they set out to achieve. And so, yeah, the job is done. They can, they can, you know, give us. The now cl- you understand why Derek Carr right, said because it's a cliche. That's that's a cliche. That's a, that's a yes. better cliche. But like, the job is done. There is nothing that can happen against Cincinnati that is going to take away that the fact that the Raiders accomplished the number one goal they had this offseason. Nobody, not a single person the entire year said this team is a Super Bowl team. And because of that, their job is done. Now, they might win. They might go to Cincinnati and make it even better. But if they go to Cincinnati and lose, we're not turning around and saying it was a failure by anybody this year. That's not happening. So the job is done. I mean, I I agree with everything you're saying. I just think their feeling inside is what it should be which is they feel that they can do more. I think Derek Carr's lying when he says the job's not done. I you think don't he think thinks he the thinks they done. could win and do he more than just He tweeted a picture yesterday of him from his injury and then him on the field right. after they clinched a playoff spot because it was the biggest moment of his career. But you don't think internally he believes they could beat Cincinnati and do I'm more? I'm sure he probably thinks, yeah, we can beat Cincinnati because they keep beating teams by two points. Right. But yeah, but he absolutely thinks the job is done. If they, if they lose against the Bengals... Derek Carr. Now he might be sad after they lose to the Bengals right away, but if they lose to the Bengals, Derek Carr is walking away from this season saying, I did it. I finally did it. I finally made it to the playoffs and played in a game, right? He's definitely walking away from the season thinking it was a success, right? So that means the job's done. If you can walk away right now and have it be a success, the job's done. That's it. That 
The job's done. Do you think the job's done? Yes. <laughs> the job's done. Are we sure? No one cares, Tyler. No, nobody cares. Nobody cares what you think. That's, the that's job the point. Is done. Nobody cares what happens in this game because the job's done. No one cares anymore because it's done. So that's what it is. Because here's, here's the thing. Now that they've made the playoff, regardless of what happens against Cincinnati, the conversations we're going to have are going to be things like, did Derek Carr earn another contract in Right. He's got one year left on his deal. We don't know what the hell the Raiders are going to do. We don't know who's going to be in charge, but we don't know what the Raiders are going to do with Derek Carr. They could trade him. They could sign him to an extension. They could say, hey, play out another year. But the conversation we're going to have is did Derek Carr earn that next contract? The other conversation we're going to have, did Rich Passaccia earn the head coaching job? Because he got this team to the playoffs. The other conversation we're going to have is does Mike Mayock deserve to be the GM? Because this roster got to the playoffs, right? We can all point to for all three. It's big for those three guys. Those three right there. This is massive that they made it to the playoffs. It's it's almost irrelevant whether or not they win a playoff game. We're having those conversations about those three guys and their futures. And they all have the big carrot now to say, look, we made the playoffs. That was our goal from the beginning. Of those three, you might think the trunk. Uh, of those three that you just asked, I think Mayock has the best chance. To still be here next year? To still year? be here next year. I don't think Versace is getting the head job. It would take win, maybe go to Tennessee, win to where the point we're like, okay, at some point you have to say this guy's done enough, right? I, because I think it's already been decided he's not going to be the coach, and I think that's the right decision. I think that's the right decision I, also, but I also think Mayock's coming back. And Carr, I mean, let, let, you know, they go lose thirty-five to ten. Yes, he got them there, but everything that's happened before this, I'm not going to say Mayock wouldn't decide that if he can do better, he'd upgrade or right. try to. And Again, the conversation you have with Derek Carr is, do you think he's good enough on a $35 million contract or whatever that extension would look like for him? Do you think he's good enough on that contract to get you back to the playoffs and to win, you and to win the Super Bowl? And I think there's a very strong argument for no. He's right. not good enough at that price. He's good enough at a cheap price so you can build up the rest of the roster. But if you have to give him... 35 million, $40 million a year. I do not think he's good enough. And that's the conversation the Raiders are going to have to have. And I'm, I'm curious what their public goals are for next year, because look, they made the playoffs. So I'm curious, do we get Mike Mayock again, giving some kind of quote about this is a playoff team. We got to make the playoffs or do they start talking about more than that? next season because do you think they'd ever bring it back on one year and do you think he, well he wouldn't want it his agent wouldn't want it but i mean if they try to bring it back in a one year i think that'd be a big distraction i think that's all anyone would be talking about that's what i would do i don't know if he well i mean he's under contract right. so he'd have to show up eventually and I, I and as much as he's talked about the organization and love the organization i just don't know if he's a guy who holds out now, the agent thing, I know the, for a fact the agent wants and thinks he should get an extension, a big extension of like $40 million a year. But he's really talked about the organization and that they're the ones who drafted him. He loves being here. That, but I just think stuff like that are way too big extensions, or excuse me, um, way too big distraction if, in fact, again, next year you think you're a playoff team. Yeah. I, don't, I think you have to make a decision on it, put it that way. I Okay, the worst-case scenario for the Raiders in this offseason is they give Derek Carr the big extension and then go 7-10 and 10 next year and miss sure. the playoffs. Sure. And then you're looking around saying, wait a minute. 
gave him 40 million. Were we frauds that made the playoffs last year? And really Derek Carr is just never going to make the playoffs again for us. Like that's the worst case scenario. So if, if I'm the Raiders, I, I'm trying my hardest to get him to play that one One more year year for 20. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, go to the playoffs again, then. Okay. All right, let's do this. Let's get to the extension sign. But if you, I mean, if they, if, if they go seven and 10 next year, are you really bringing car back? Like, are you really looking at this one? No, season? not if you mean if he's on his one season. No, right. no, because so, then you're nine years in right with two playoff appearances right. and presumably zero playoff wins. So like that, as far as his contract goes, he's going to want it. And let's sure anybody's going to want it. If he was too, probably deserves the contract, right? It's not that Derek, he's a, he's a no. good NFL quarterback. I just, if I was the Raiders, I would not be sold based on this season that it's going to happen again. Right, the Raiders have like the third worst point differential of any playoff team ever. Like this team's not exactly good. The Raiders didn't exactly blow everyone away. They squeaked into the playoffs, and that doesn't really deem you a likely to be successful in the future type of team. So, but again, the job is done. Ed. They made the playoffs. The job is done. That's all they wanted to do. Please, please, please get that for a soundbite. And we'll just keep playing that. The job is done, Please. Jared. The job That's is done. That's the 50th time. Derek Carr accomplished <laughs> it. The job is done. Coming up next, you know whose job is definitely done? Kirby Smart. That call could have been better. That was the Georgia radio call? I that, hope it was Georgia, not yeah, Alabama. That sounded a little, like, too unbiased. Like, that guy stayed way uh, too professional to during the end. That. All he said was let the celebration begin. Yeah, well, I don't think Alabama his vo- says that. His voice should have cracked while that was happening. Uh, I thought it was okay. I, th- I, I mean, thought it was okay. Ringo's got to have a touchdown. He's got to have a touchdown. Uh, if he went high, I wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> if he went- <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, this is a manly went, show where we talk about high. Harry Potter and yeah. uh, chicken. I wouldn't have liked it. The job is done. All right. You know what I've discovered? The key to beating Nick Saban in the college football playoff, and honestly, maybe just period in anything, is to have a head coach with a character type name, with a hilariously dumb name, Dabo, Oh yeah, Kirby, Jimbo. Yep, that'll wow, do it. Wow, you're sitting around really thinking of things <laughs> at night. My goodness. Listen, you got a coach named Steve or Mike, you got no shot. Or Lane. Jim. Lane. Lane. Marcus. Jim. No chance. No shot whatsoever. Lane. Lane might. Lane's about 50%. If yeah. Lane Kiffin changed his real name to Lane Train, then maybe. But Lane, no. 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 Not happening there. But Kirby, Dabo, Jimbo. Oh, you're taking Nick Saban down at some point. That's the key. That's the key. Have a cartoon name? Yes. Have one of like the dumbest nicknames you got like as a three-year-old. And that's just where you go from from there on. It also, uh, if you at some point mention that you used to sleep in the same bed as your mom, that gives you a sizable advantage. What? Did that oh, happen Dabo? last night? Dabo what? Dabo. He was, he not, all right, I'll look up the news story and send it to you. Is By the way, is Kirby's name actually Kirby? I'm on it. According to his Wikipedia page, his name is actually Kirby. Like, it's not like a nickname he got or some middle name or some shortened name or something like that. It's Kirby, Kirby Paul Smart. Yeah. Parents named him Kirby. Way to go. His, I sp- guess. his spouse is Mary Beth. There's uh, names wow. everywhere. Now, it's children, he didn't. Well, children, Julia, Andrew, Weston, 
Came a little close in Western, but those are pretty plain names. Not not cart. It's it's a little not cartoonish, odd, but it's not cartoon yeah. character name. Like that's that's the key there. It's got to be hilarious. Like it's got to be yeah. This could be a character on Sesame Street or something like that. Like that's what the name has got to be. Jimbo or Kirby. Yeah, you got to have a name like cartoon that. names and an NFL defense. If you that have helps. both of those, okay. that helps. <laughs> this this I this happens a lot of the times when like the best teams in the SEC play. I was even I was stunned last night at how the fastest player or players on both teams were always on defense. Yeah. There were a handful of like big chunk plays. Never did the guy get all the way to the end zone because no, run three guys on the defense yeah. ran him down. There were a handful of times where guys were trying to turn the corner to get into the end zone. No chance. Every single yeah. time. Bryce Young or a running back or a tight end or Stetson Bennett could not right. turn the corner. Like it is incredible that the fastest players on the field every single snap last night were linebackers and defensive backs every single time. And it's why we got three quarters of just, well, we can sometimes rip off a big play and get down to the 25, but that's about as far as we're well, going to go. And we're going to kick a field goal. And it's also why the Michigans and Notre Dames of the world get that far and just get yeah. trounced. They just, they the level of speed in the sec is, mind-boggling compared to like really good programs. I mean, Michigan had a good year, Notre Dame had a good year, and those teams have no chance when they play that kind of speed. It's not even just the speed. It's the he's 250 pounds plus oh, the speed. They've got defensive tackles last night at like 282.90. The guy's like, he lost 40 pounds and runs a 4840. <laughs> and you're like, and he's still like 290. It's like, oh, my Literally, God. We line up next to him, and it's like, oh, that guy looks really foul. Oh, my God, he's taken off. Uh, J.R. Starkis says Booger needs to be a college coach. Yes. Yeah. Booger will win a national championship <laughs> if you hire Booger. <laughs> the other guy to win a national championship is Ed Ogeron, who oh, well, he doesn't well, he's have a the cartoon, cartoon character name, himself. but he is the cartoon he is the Sounds cartoon. like a cartoon. He literally cartoon. is a cartoon Sounds character. like it. Looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I have a slight update on the Davos Sweeney, and it's uh, I'm, I'm a jerk is the update. He uh, his mom was homeless his freshman year of college, so he had to. She basically shared a room with him because he was on. He was trying to walk on at Alabama. Yeah. You're so a jerk. yeah, yeah, I'm kind of a bleep hole. Yeah, you are. It's okay. We're but him and his mom did share a bed yeah. while he was in. She's fine now. I assume. I assume. I assume, I assume, I assume he's well. not like Davos. Not just telling her the same thing he's telling his kids. Well, you just got to work harder. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Uh, did you think Bryce Young was any good last night? I thought he was better than his numbers. I'll tell you what, he had some, and again, he's missing his top two receivers, but there were some drops. Uh, I'll tell you one thing about Bryce Young that I didn't, I, I guess I realized because I had watched him a lot. Man, that kid's pretty accurate. He makes some throws like that are in tight windows that are right on guys that last night, you know, tries to one hand, noodle arms on the, on, on the, on the freshman that could have gone for a touchdown. It was like inside the 10. It was definitely would have got him down within the five. So I think Bryce Young's really good. But again, he faced an NFL defense and I thought he was okay. I w my initial reaction was Bryce Young's not very good. Is that but, the first time you've seen him? No, but I just last night was like, this guy's not, he's not playing very well. But then He's missing his number one wide receiver in Mechie, and then Jamison Williams, yeah. his other, they have two number one wide receivers, gets hurt in the game, right? So he's down his top two receivers, and it felt like every time Bryce Young made a good pass, it was dropped. It was dropped. Like, it just felt like he, yeah. he had a couple of them that were like, oh, wow, that's a tremendous throw, yes. and it was dropped. So it's kind of, I don't put too much 
blame into Bryce Young playing well, except for one thing. When they were down eight driving down the field and he throws the pick six there, three plays in a row, he just threw it like 20 yards down the field right. to guys that were not right. open. Like first read, I'm throwing it to right. that guy 20 yards down the field, regardless of how open he like. He wasn't, there was no read on those plays. There was no, oh yeah, that guy's open. And they weren't even like was, good passes. Like was there one was one of the throws where the kid tried the one hander. Was that before that? I thought that was before, but yeah, maybe that was before, but like okay. those last three throws, there was, he's just trying to, that was like, make something. And that was like a panic mode when right. they, I mean, they still have like a minute and they're down eight. Like it's one possession. Right. Like you don't have to just chuck it to the guy deepest as soon as you get the snap. So like that, I was relatively unimpressed by because that was like, Hey, the big moment of Bryce Young's career. Can he take him down the field and tie the game for the national championship? And he just had three horrific throws in a row. And the last one gets picked off and returned for a touchdown. So I did not walk away from that thinking Bryce Young was like great. And like, Oh yeah, Bryce Young first round pick. That guy's going to be awesome in the future. But I also think he deserves quite a big break because he did make some good throws and he did. Mechie and Williamson were, yeah, uh, or Williams both were both out. And those are your top two guys. Yeah. And that's, Kind of a big deal when you lose two number one wide receivers. Okay. It's officially the day after the national championship. Who you who do you think wins next year? I don't know. Brad Powers. I have no idea what Alabama has, but Brad Powers, which is amazing, tweets bef- uh, in between quarters, I think. He said, don't look at Alabama now because they're absolutely they're peasants compared to what they're going to have next year. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I mean, are all those guys coming back? Well, I, that means I'm, Will Anderson, the best defensive player in the country, is coming back next year. I mean, that guy's going to be incredible. He was yeah. incredible last night. Yeah, he almost so, tackled two guys on one play last night because he jumped the snap on a reverse. Mention Williams now both with knee injuries. Does that change what they're going to do? I assume I mean, Williams is still gone. He was top ten projected yeah. pick before last night, okay. although. Uh, Maybe not anymore, but yeah, we'll see. Coming up next, David Roth joins the show. We're on month three of Dishwasher Watch. David Roth from Defector is with us on the Press Box. Subscribe to the Distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code DISTRACT for a free month of Stitcher Premium. All right, David, what's our update on the dishwasher situation today? I can't today? believe that I got a read-on with, like, the promo guy radio voice for that. <laughs> I haven't even tried this. Uh, we're still, uh, you know, we're, we're still trying to figure out who the uh, building manager is. I wouldn't even know who to tell the electrician to send his forms in triplicate to via fax. Uh, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm supposed to pick that up because at this point it's like, Every week I go on the radio and have to be like, well, you know, uh, it's not in the living room anymore. Like, at some point, I just, like, washing dishes is secondary. I just can't talk about this every week. <laughs> Too bad. We got imaging for it. Now, I know. So no, you're doing the right thing. I was going to say, you got a new music. You got the, like, live guy doing the read-on. It's great. <laughs> All right. Um, do you think this is true or not? The path to beating Nick Saban and winning a national championship is having a coach with a cartoon character-like name, like Dabo, Jimbo, or Kirby. Yeah, like, if basically anybody that's hiring someone named, like, John or Jeff at this point needs to just check their priors. Like, just look at the data. If you can hire a guy um, who's named after a Nintendo character and has a bowl cut <laughs> into his 50s, like, maybe you have a chance. Maybe if everything goes right. But, yes, it does seem like that's, you know, like, if, College football is functioning as it is supposed to function. Like, Bama will just win the national championship by three scores every year. 
So yeah, you need to if you if you can bring in a, like an animated character to maybe break that up, that's probably what it's going to take. Well, we said yesterday we said there's no chance a guy named Stetson can win the national championship, and Stetson won the national championship and looked pretty good. I mean, yeah. like he definitely, you know, like just within that fourth quarter, there was the moment where you're like, all right, yeah, like this is a walk on, like he's not. And then suddenly he, you know, caught that college football holy ghost that every player can randomly get a little bit. I was telling uh, Jared before I came on that I just saw a clip of Stetson Bennett, who somehow the University of Georgia forced him to do Good Morning America today. And that man has not been to bed at all and was dealing with, like, huge energy Michael Strahan over a live video feed, and it was... I, like I felt really bad for him. Like I mean, it's, I felt great that this is like this is probably part of what he dreamed of, of you know, like winning a championship in his home state. But it was not Michael Strahan being like, "Hey, good morning, brother," and like this just sitting there having had like thirty-five beers, being like, "Thank you, Mark." Like it just did, <laughs> did not seem like he was having a lot of fun. Is Stetson Bennett a good enough name that he needs to be a fourth? Like, is that a good enough name to get passed down four times? I feel like once you've done it twice, you're kind of pot committed at that point. Like you can't just like look at it and be like, this name is overstated. For one thing, that's a hat. Like we're just going to go with that. Like he's now he's, uh, you know, Carl. Like, I think that there's like, there's a bunch of old people in your family that would get really mad at you. If you broke that tradition, I think that Stetson Bennett, the first is a guy that I would like to know more about because that is, I mean, obviously you're, you know, you're going back 80, hundred years on something like that. But that's a that's a cool name. Like at any time in America, that's like a man who's played by Sam Elliott. So like you gotta respond. <laughs> I would like to meet the the first that's been at the first. And then not talk to him about like politics or anything. David Roth with us from Defector. <laughs> um I do want to ask you one NFL question. Uh since you're a Giants fan, how do you feel about quarterback sneaking on second down and third and nine? If Joe Judge were trying to get fired I don't know what he would have done differently there. It was honestly like, it's, it's funny, especially because like, you know, whatever, Jake Fromm, another Georgia quarterbacking legend. Like I've watched enough of him this year that I'm just like, that's not like the worst way to use Jake Fromm. Like ideally you would use him to like carry a clipboard around or like get things off high shelves <laughs> if you couldn't reach him. But he's not like, he never learned the offense. I mean, they signed him off another team's practice squad and he stinks, but like, oh, my goodness. And then the idea that Judge is, like, the one guy. I mean, like, as usual with this, like, 25% of the league's coaches got fired yesterday. Somehow Joe Judge is not one of them. And the stuff that was coming out of the reporting here was that, like, he had a long meeting with the owner who is convinced that this is, like, a quote that he's found in Judge, like his Belichick or his Parcells, that they've, like, finally tracked this guy down, which is incredible because when you see him, like – Joe Judge is a guy who's, like, making a scene at the Baskin and Robbins. Like, he's not, like, a guy that, like, is projecting gravitas. Like, he seems like someone who's, like, mad that he didn't get as many sprinkles as he feels like he was supposed to get. Well, And they, like, the Judge is demanding a hand in picking the next GM, and apparently they haven't told him to, like, find a new job yet. And I was wondering, what, did Gettleman not go down and fire him because Gettleman knew he was out? Yeah, I mean, well, Gettleman was another guy that was kind of like sort of they were linked together that this was all of it. You know, these were the two guys that were able to convince John Mara that this was like, you know, that they had something going. And like, honestly, like that only works 
if you like watch the PowerPoint presentations these guys make and then just take Sunday off and don't watch the game, like it's been clear for a long time that this is just not the Gettleman's not made good decisions and the judge has made them look significantly worse. And yet, like Gettleman being allowed to sort of like resign and like seek new opportunities, like I'm not, it doesn't really matter to me how he leaves. Like the important thing is that he leaves. But the, all of it just suggests to me that there's not a great deal of like lesson learned stuff happening in there. That, and I, you know, I've seen the Giants be bad and be boring before. Like even in the years where they randomly win the Super Bowl, there's like a month. You know, up where I'm just kind of like Tom Coughlin, man. Like, what's what's that guy? Um, like, why is he so upset all the time? And then you know, later on they win the Super Bowl, and you're like, oh, Tom Coughlin, the guy who's upset all the time. <laughs> In this case, the like the whole last month of the season, the Giants have been getting beat by 21 points a game and scoring, you know, a touchdown or like kicking two field goals. Like, it's the team that needs to have everything turned over and changed, and like they're all capped out. And if they keep their coach, like, I mean, I wouldn't know what to do if I took over as GM of a team like that. Is there any other sport in our country that could produce the scenario we had in Sunday night football where a tie sends both teams to the playoffs? Like, is there anything baseball or basketball could possibly have that could be that great to end a game? Absolutely not. I mean, like it was, I was in awe watching it. Like I, Kind of, I had to deal. My wife yesterday was like, "Oh, we had to." There was like we had some like Biscoff cookies from a recent, like the ones they give you on the airplane. And she was like, "I thought we had another one of those." And I was like, "No, I ate that last night at like twelve fifty one a.m. because like I was still so excited for watching the football game. I was really excited for watching that game. It was like the most fun I've had watching sports in a really long time." Which I just stayed up having like progressively smaller drinks, and then eventually moved on to the eating airline cookies stage <laughs> of the evening. But the in that whole the possibility of that outcome, and then the game itself being so stupid and great, and even ending the way that it did, I, I just think uh, you know you got to give it up to the NFL when it works. Like that is really <laughs> no other league is going to put together something that is simultaneously that cool and that ridiculous. You know what it means, though. We have to watch Ben Roethlisberger for one more game. I know, I know, man. I really do not care for that, especially because they really like kind of emptied the clip on like how well you know what an admirable man he was and you know like all the the great work he's done uh like (laughs) giving police dogs to local police departments or whatever the and so now yeah now you got to watch him play quarterback and we can't talk about what like a you know special character he is especially it was frustrating (laughs) that like it's a nice way to put it i'm glad the raiders made it like they had a, a really great and like inspiring end of the season but like, yeah, man, having to just a one for one swap of watching Justin Herbert for watching Ben Roethlisberger is not a deal anyone wants to make. All right, one NBA question for you: John ja yeah. Morant, good enough to win an NBA title, is the best player on a team? It depends on the rest of the team. I was actually talking to a friend about this yesterday. Um, I did not get to a definitive answer. I still feel like they are going to need like a veteran, like basically like their second and third best players. Presuming that Jaron Jackson continues to get better, but does not, you know, wake up tomorrow as Giannis, uh, I think that that's where it's going to have to be. That they're going to need guys that have advanced in the playoffs, and those guys will be like a second or third option. Like not to say that like Harrison Barnes is the difference or whatever. I just still look at that team and feel like for all of the stuff that's working and for all the stuff they're getting from guys like Desmond Bain or whatever, where I think you know was effectively and anyone could have had it NBA property that they just figured out how to use. 
like, I don't know. Morant, I mean, honestly, like, is still more cool than he is good, but he's insanely cool. And so I want to believe that the answer to that question is yes. Do you not think so? Or is it just sort of thing where you're sort of figuring it out along with everyone else? No, no. So that's like, here's my thing with it. That's the like sports talk radio hot take. Let's have a debate on can you win the title? And it's to me, the part I hate, even though I asked you the question, the part I hate about it is like, (laughs) we can enjoy John Morant, even if he never wins a title. Like we can enjoy Damian Lillard, even though it's clear he's never going to win a title unless he, you know, leaves Portland. Like, it doesn't have to be, hey, that guy won a title or he sucks type of player. Right. It's always, I mean, that's always been the way that I think about it. That, like, the titles are for the players. Like, and that's obviously it's very meaningful to them, and that's cool. But, like, that's not, I don't have the same relationship to the experience that they do. That, like, I'm watching it the way that I watch anything else on TV, uh, you know, and in this case, like, I can definitely admire a career that ends without a title if it involves periodically you know, picking layoff attempts off the top of the square on the backboard like Morant does. <laughs> it's just, it, I think that that's like a, a distinction that, I'm not going to write about it because I feel like I did it five years ago and no one understood what I was talking about then. But I do think that like coolness versus greatness is like, fans understand that in kind of an innate way. And I think that there are going to be people that, you know, are never going to look at Damian Lillard as, as great as he is because of the fact that, you know, he's going to end his career if he ends it in Portland, having made the Western Conference Finals two times or whatever. But, it, like, I think if you watched him, even for, you know, like, down the stretch of an average game, you'd be like, yeah, that's a guy I'm going to remember for as long as I remember basketball things, which is a pretty cool legacy, all told. Well, he is David Roth from Defector. David, as always, uh, we're going to have imaging for you for until you get your dishwasher fixed. I'm so. really excited. Yeah. Uh, this is, I'm going to take that. I'm going to grow from it. And also, I really like the new Proto Martyr drop, so maybe I'll just let it hang around for one more week so I can listen to that beat again. <laughs> Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Thanks, fellas. Have a good one. So, David Roth and Dishwasher Watch. Coming up next, what's happening to Hawaii football? It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. What did you want? I just wanted Jared to shut up, to stop his ranting. On ESPN Las Vegas. What was that? What did he even say? Stop your what? He said, I just wanted Jared to shut up. Oh, stop shut his, up. Stop his ranting. Okay. All right. How about Hawaii football? What a disaster this thing is. All right. So Hawaii football had 19 players into the transfer portal. There were a couple of players who did a uh, uh, Twitter spaces. You can do little live streams on Twitter. There are a couple of players who did a Twitter spaces where they were ripping the program and how Todd Graham, the head coach there basically treated them. And like the, the main sentiment that everyone took away was when they said that Todd Graham basically took their love of football away based on the way he coached Greedy people. So the state Senate in Hawaii <laughs> held a hearing because they were like, all right, 19 players in the portal, more players ripping the head coach. And they're like, what are you guys doing about it over there at the athletic department? They weren't doing anything about it. So they said, all right, we're having a hearing. So the president was there. The AD was there. And there's this hearing about Todd Graham, the head coach of Hawaii football. Here's some of the quotes. So the athletic has a story on it. Here's some of the quotes. One from defensive back Leonard Lee. He's hands down the worst guy I've ever met in my life. He also said, Todd Graham likes to disguise it as discipline, the way he treats us and talks to us. 
The verbal abuse he has towards us, it's stuff I wish I could share, but it's too vulgar to share in this setting. Playing for him for two years was incredibly mentally draining. I've played football my whole life. I loved it as much as anyone. It was hard to wake up and go do something you love with a guy like that in charge. The only way to describe him is a tyrant. There were other stories that came out from this. Apparently, a player got a ukulele for his birthday, and he was playing it around the coaches, I guess. And Todd Graham, and apparently a defensive line coach, told him to stop playing it because it's effing annoying. Um, Also, Todd Graham was accused of calling Hawaii a third world country because the vending machine did not have Dr. Pepper. That might be the least egregious thing of the entire story. But it's the funniest thing. That is it's hands the funniest, down the funniest I mean, thing. it might be the least, uh, it might be the not the worst thing given all these other things. Look, one, two, three players, you have issues, you have coach issues. We see that all over the country. Every every team with 100 kids is going to have kiss issues with, I'm not playing, I'm not doing this, you're not doing this for me. 19 in the portal and these kind of quotes, why hasn't something been done? I right. mean, you get to a point where you're like, okay, there's an issue here. When the state Senate yes. says you're not doing anything, let's have a hearing. Yeah. Then fire him. Yeah. It's I mean it's brutal. Like I, I don't know. Like when you have the the for the most important thing, aside from having a cartoon character name, the most important thing for a college football coach, right? Hashtags <laughs> is the relationships with the players. Right. Like if you're a tremendous football mind or whatever, right? You can you can out game plan, out scheme any other coach on the planet. If you can't actually connect with the with the athletes, with the players, like you can't actually get them to like you, not not even honestly like you, just not despise you, right? No, somewhat level of respect you. Right. Though. You don't have a chance. Right. You do not have a chance. And so if I'm Hawaii, if I'm the athletic department and and I see this. I can't keep the guy. No. Like, I, I cannot keep the guy because, A, it seems pretty clear the current players hate him. But, B, can you imagine if you're, like, if you're Marcus Arroyo and you're recruiting a kid and he's like, you know, I've got an offer from Hawaii. I really want to go to Hawaii. Are, are you not just, like, saying, hey, read this story. Marcus Arroyo is p- pulling up this quote if he's yeah, smart. Yeah, you're, like, buying a subscription to The Athletic and being like, <laughs> just, just read, read this, this quote here. Like, Okay, I'm not going there. Like, I cannot imagine you keep Graham. Yeah. Like, how? How do you keep him after this? It's just. Well, it's, to your point, and we saw what happened last night, but, you know, Nick Saban never comes off as the cuddly right. guy. Well, But my guess is within his program, and most of football programs, the strength and conditioning coach is by far the closest guy to players because he's with them the most. He's with them all the time. So my guess is at Alabama, a lot of the assistant coaches have great relationships, yeah. and Saban's kind of the god who stands up tall. But they respect him because he wins. I'm sure there have been plenty of players at Alabama that didn't like Nick Saban right. or whatever. But I don't. I can't remember ever hearing like uh, genuinely bad things no. about Nick Saban. No. And did you see last night their press conference? He's at the table with Will Anderson and Bryce Young, and they did. You know, they asked the players questions first, then let the players go and ask Nick Saban questions. When the players were done getting questions, Nick Saban actually said, "Hold on," had him sit back down so he could basically say, "Hey." One game doesn't define these two kids. Right. Like these two kids are, they've had a long career right. and they're both, I think are coming back next year. So like, he's like, one game doesn't find this. And it's just like, it's very obvious. Nick Saban cares about his players. Yes. It's very obvious yes. that Nick Saban does things, even if he is, you know, a hard ass or whatever right. that rubs, he can rub people the wrong way. 
I think it's very clear that players respect and like to play for Nick Saban, whereas Todd Graham Todd over here. Graham. And I don't know when this meeting was. They still haven't fired. <laughs> like, what are they waiting for? Like, I, I, the Senate has already called this meeting. And this was, you, you know, we've waited a few days with this story. So this has probably been within the last week, if not longer. And he's still the coach in Hawaii. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. I do not believe he's still the head coach there.